You're listening to the Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 16-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law and leadership topics, company leaders like CEOs, managers, and HR professionals would often ask me where can they find a little more information on this and a little more information on that. Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people only have 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to company leaders. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Legal Skinny podcast. Today, I want to talk about pranks. So when I think of an iconic prankster, I can't help but think of Ferris Bueller. And the scene in John Hughes' 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, with the phone call, you know, to the principal where the principal believes he's finally caught Bueller in a lie about a dead grandmother um, in order to try to skip school. So, of course, the principal demands to whom he thinks is Bueller on the phone to bring the dead corpse of the grandmother in as school policy to prove it's actually an excused absence. Of course, Bueller then calls on the other line to the principal's secretary, leaving the principal to think he really is talking to a parent. And then the principal's mortified and apologizes profusely to what it is really Bueller's buddy, Cameron, pretending to be the parent on the other line. Not too complicated of a prank, right? But just clever enough to fool him. So you may be a prankster yourself, or perhaps you're a little like me, I admit, I think I'm either not quite clever, creative, or motivated enough to pull off a very good prank, but I'm keenly amused uh, and also uh, shocked at the things people can come up with in the realm of pranks. For instance, let's talk Hollywood people pranks. From the uh, the bizarrely clever pranks, um, I would say, you know, George Clooney and Brad Pitt have traded some pranks that they've talked about that probably fall into that. Um, they, they're known and openly admit that they prank each other, uh, with Clooney admitting Jimmy Kimmel gave him stationery created in Brad Pitt's name. And Clooney then sent multiple letters out to various other movie stars from quote Brad, like Clooney sent Meryl Streep a letter from Brad and a box of 60 dialect CD tapes telling Meryl Streep, right? Well, that's a freaking awesome actress. Hey, I heard you're doing the Iron Lady. These should help you out with your accent. I use them for Troy. <laughs> um, you know, then he, uh, Clooney said he would like not tell anyone <laughs> for like a year or something <laughs> um, just to sort of confuse everybody. And I guess he just secretly enjoyed that. Uh, no need to um, to blow the cover on that. Anyway, um, apparently Meryl was confused. <laughs> but uh, then you have like the horrifying, I hope it never happens to me, Brank, when Game of Thrones actor Kit Harrington. Uh, surprising his now wife, uh, Rose uh, Leslie, with a fake severed head prop he put in the fridge for her to find, leading to these like 
epic screams, of course, that he caught on camera and then shared to the internet, like, you know, a good boyfriend would do. Um, then you have the, the deceptive but sweet prank uh, where Adele on the BBC special um, uh, that, that she participated in dressed up as Jenny, the nanny, uh, who is an Adele impersonator. Then um, they put fake prosthetics on her, you know, so she didn't look like Adele. Um, and then had her go in and meet other Adele impersonators who were all auditioning to sing Adele. Um, and she chatted and hung out with all the other Adeles, unbeknownst to them, while they all prepared for this audition. Of course, before um, then, you know, Jenny takes the stage and her voice gave her away. Although I have to say, watching it, some of the Adeles were a little more savvy to pick up on it than the others, but uh, they were all, you know, of course, thrilled to get to meet Adele. Who wouldn't be? And then some of my personal favorites, if you're going to go back to when I think prank pranks for me, um, would be the original MTV punked pranks by Ashton Kutcher. Starting out, of course, with the first prank at Justin Timberlake's house, where they led him to believe government agents were seizing his home and possessions because of unpaid income taxes. Let's let's talk about um, but some of this, how this prank stuff even shows up in our lives. I really blame it partly on the accepted holiday of April Fool's Day. I mean, most everyone has participated in one form or fashion with this ridiculous holiday. I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the 80s or 90s, I sent pizza at least once, maybe more than once, to somebody's house who didn't order it. Or uh, called some friend on the phone and pretended to be a salesperson selling something ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, harmless stuff, right? <laughs> or, you know, bought something, um, some fake something at Spencer's Gifts to try to, you know, trick a fellow friend. I mean, it's just, you know, something that's been part of culture, right? That you um, were exposed to at a young age. I mean, I even read an article this year on the Today Show website um, about family-friendly April Fool's Day pranks for kids. I was like, what? You know, so we can get the kids on this super young. <laughs> I mean, I admit I was totally curious. So I'm like, hmm, I have five-year-olds. What, what exactly are they suggesting? <laughs> okay, number one on the list they called swap sleepers. So if your kids are heavy sleepers, they say then carry them into their siblings' bed and let them wake up in a different room to start April Fool's off on the right foot. I was like, oh my God. Maybe this person who wrote this does not have my kids, clearly, uh, the temperament they would be. Because that would result, if I did that, probably in me being woken up um, by some terrifying scream where I probably won't initially remember I even did this, right? Um, but my kid is like mortified as they realize they're in the wrong bed. So uh, so that was like, I was a big no for me on that one. But um, some of the other ones listed were like, you know, put googly eyes on all their food and their lunchbox. And I was like, okay, I guess that's kind of cute. One was take a bowl of their favorite cereal, like Fruit Loops and uh, and milk and put a spoon in it and freeze it overnight to give them in the morning. Um, put jello like in a clear drinking glass so it looks like juice and stick a straw in it to, to watch them not be able to be able to drink it. Um, and then the one, one they described as an oldie but a goodie prank would be bugs in your ice where you put like fake plastic bugs in the ice water, uh, glass water for your children. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe they're talking about older kids here. I'm just thinking this is all going to end poorly for me. But um, And you may be thinking, well, geez, some of that sounds pretty damn funny. Um, but, you know, uh, there, you know, there's a but uh, to all of this for me. But when it comes to the workplace, pranks are a whole different animal. Whether done out of a welcome to the group type innocent intention or an exercise of power and intimidation, Pranks have had a checkered history in our workplace, especially when it becomes, uh, you know, a part of the company culture and especially when it crosses the line. Let's talk about a few cases that stand out in my mind. There's this case where an employee named Harvey Pellucci, um, working for Intel, filed federal lawsuit against his colleagues allegedly um, for allegedly secretly pinning a kick me sign to his back and then repeatedly kicking him while laughing hysterically. Uh, you know, this was all filed in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Allegedly, Harvey, uh, the employee suspecting that something was on his back, went over to a senior staffer in the room and asked him if some, something was there on his back, with uh, allegedly the senior staffer being told by another employee, don't read it, just do it. And then the senior staffer also kicked Harvey in the butt. Um, Harvey brought the lawsuit stating he felt demoralized, also citing that the coworkers would hide his work uniform and fill his work bag with trash. And uh, in the lawsuit, he claimed it was racially motivated because he was Filipino. And two of these employees were later convicted of petty misdemeanor battery, lost their Intel jobs. Well, Intel, of course, the employer was stuck to deal with this lawsuit. Uh, another example was one where, which is kind of an interesting situation where a, a waitress at Hooters um, named Jody Berry, she she won a beer sales contest that they were having for the employees at the Panama City Beach Hooters uh, with the winner to win a Toyota. And they escorted her um, blindfolded out to the restaurant's parking lot when she won. But when they removed the blindfold, they presented her with a toy Yoda doll. You know, Yoda the green dude who trained Luke Skywalker Yoda? Yeah. Guess what the restaurant manager supposedly said? You guessed it. The whole contest was an April Fool's joke. Well, anyhow, Jody quit and brought a lawsuit against Gulf Coast Wings alleging breach of contract and fraudulent misrepresentation. And while the settlement was confidential, it was reported in the news that her lawyer stated she can probably now go pick out whatever type of Toyota she wants. You see, there's no legal April Fool's defense. <laughs> FYI, <laughs> just in case you're pondering that. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Other examples outside these two cases? Gosh, it could be anything. I mean, we could talk about this for a while. But, you know, easily something might start innocent could sort of um, turn into a bad situation. And so, you know, it is something that you kind of have to really understand and think about. Um if it's something that you think would even be accepted in your workplace, any type of prank, um, some things that, you know, could come up would be like, a, or an example would be, you know, an employee thinking it's funny to order a hamburger for someone that doesn't eat meat at a restaurant, you know, when they're all on their employee lunch break. And the employee has a religious reason for not eating the meat. And, um, you know, pranks like that, that poke fun at someone's religion, uh, gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity, race, disability, age, or any of those protected, you know, um, classes, those 
statutes. And that's kind of where it can start to get um, completely across the line. And, and you might find, okay, so some of this behavior crosses the line, but you're thinking this won't ever happen to me. This won't happen in my company. Remember how I mentioned that I partially blame April Fool's Day for this nonsense, um, these uh, prank situations in our lives? I mean, the other part, I think, is that people think pranks are funny. And I totally agree that some pranks are funny, right? The problem is, is that what you think is funny and what I think is funny may be two very different things. Hence the problem in the workplace. Sure, you may think you have a workplace where everyone pretty much thinks the same. They get along. Everyone will think blank is funny. But if your work environment is, you know, it's not like Stepford Wives' creepy environment where everyone's exactly the same, which is just impossible, basically, um, you know, people are different and you don't know everything about them. So how do you know when a prank crosses the line? That's the very, very tricky part about all of this with pranks. It can be dicey. I mean, even if 99% of the workforce thinks it's funny, but the 1% thinks it's not, you could have a problem, right? You know, possible tips to consider in this situation is if you can, which I think sometimes this is an impossible ask, but if you could try to keep the pranks out of the culture to begin with, um, or be very careful about how they might, um, you know, be looked at from, from leadership and management and the company standpoint. You know, this isn't Ferris Bueller's day off and you're not rolling back the odometer on a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. From a leader's standpoint, a company leader's position, laughing and participating in any of this can give the impression, impression that you approve. And if someone feels it's demeaning, well, it can just all change things very quickly for that employee. So be very wary of how a prank may be um, affecting other people, even if they don't say anything to you initially or at all. And remember to have those policies talking about what's not appropriate. For instance, very clearly in your sexual harassment policy should state these type of jokes are not appropriate, right? And also to have a way for people to feel comfortable reporting and to always take these types of concerns seriously. Even if you really think the prank is innocent, take the complaint or the concern seriously. Uh, it might have taken a lot for the employee to even bring it to you. And if you do think that the prank happens to cross the line, um, you're going to need to likely have to issue written discipline on it. So you take a standpoint that it's not acceptable. Now, where's the fun in all that, right? Jeez, Tertia. <laughs> but hey, um, and th that's the legal skinny on who doesn't love a prankster. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. I would love for you to go to www.legalskinny.com forward slash review to learn the super simple way to leave me a review to tell me which topics and guests you like. I value your thoughts and your review helps me support more company leaders just like you to grow as a leader themselves and to grow successful teams. I also drop the link in the show notes if that's easier for you. And while you're there, check out all the other resources I have for you as a company leader. 
And don't forget, our disclaimer to remember, legal skinning is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Thank you.